Welcome, welcome to the English podcast with Tommy from learnenglishwithtommy.com. Yes, welcome, welcome to another episode of the English podcast with Tommy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be on this wonderful planet. I am the much loved Tommy. You know, whether I'm much loved or not, that well, you know, that's neither here nor there. But welcome to the English podcast with Tommy. Today's guest could be classed. As theoretically, Barbie herself, she's the best-looking American outside of America, and she could technically be classed as Miss. And we've got to get this right, Miss Alicante, two thousand and twenty-three. I'd like to welcome back on the English podcast with Tommy, teacher Andy. Hi, Tommy. Thank you for the intro. Uh, but you know, I don't know if you've watched uh, the Barbie movie lately, but it's definitely not about the looks. <laughs> but I do appreciate the compliment. I do appreciate a good compliment. Hi, everybody. For those that are listening over here, for those who don't know me, I am Andy from Andy's Everyday English, and basically, I prepare students for exam certifications such as the Cambridge exam or the TOEFL or the IELTS or the Trinity exam, but mainly right now the Cambridge exam for B2, C1, and of course, business English focus on speaking techniques. That's me in a nutshell. I've been a teacher for about 14 years now, and I specialize in second uh, in um, English for second language learners, and that's me. Well, you just you just stole my thunder because I was going to ask you who you are, but now you've now you've introduced yourself. I know I no longer need to do that, you know. But you know, it's 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 always good to know who you who the who our guests are, even if they you know. So thank you for introducing yourself, Teacher Andy. Um, you're not here to talk about yourself, though. I believe you're here to talk about something called marginalia. Yes. Marginalia is actually a, um, a skill that I like to work on in class very often. And in case that you, uh, who's listening to this podcast right now, teacher or student, don't know what marginalia is, basically it refers to any marks, notes, or comments made in the margins of a book, document, or reading, written material. These notations can be added by you, the original author or reader. Um, basically, to um, annotate, as the, the, the name says, in the margin of uh, the piece of document or book, any content such as explanatory notes, critical remarks, um, personal reflections, or even cross-references. I mean, but this is like really leveling it up, uh, you know, on the pages or the text. So basically, that's what I am really into right now. And I say right now because probably uh, Tommy and I, for example, we are very uh, different in many ways, but uh, I don't know how we get to match <laughs> and be good friends still. Because, Tommy, I think that you and I are on very different pages when it comes to marginalia. Am I right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, apologies to my dad if he's listening to this. Um, because, you know, I've watched him do this for many years. And I just think it's called defacing a book. You know, 
A book should not be written in. A book is a sacred piece of literature, whether it be literature, whether it be fiction, non-fiction, whether it be crime, true crime, uh, whatever it might be that you're reading. To write in a book that someone has written is for me what I would call defacing, simply because you don't have, you. it's not your right to write in that book that someone else has written. That's just my opinion out there, you know, very controversial, you know, I, I, I've been named controversial in my time, so I'm going to put it out there, this is a very controversial piece of opinion here, public service announcement, public service announcement, this is only my opinion, and everything that is said in this, in this podcast will be my opinion, and that's how it is. Um, you know, when I see someone writing a book, whether it be with a pencil, whether it be with a pen, I think to myself, why? Why are you doing it? Why are you why are you defacing that piece of literature? Why are you look that book is not to be written in. Someone has already written a book. You don't write you don't need to write anything in it. But and I'm now gonna ask you from the perspective of an English learner or, you know, a learner in general, why would I want to use marginalia? So this is where uh, you and I always have this really amazing conversations because we always have such different points of view. <laughs> the thing is that marginalia for me, uh, it was such a discovery. And uh, bear with me for a second because it comes with a story. The thing is that growing up, my mom, I mean, most people in my family, uh, they were kind of like on your side of the story. You know, they were like, books are sacred. We didn't even, you know, torn the, ed the edge of the page. I mean, like, no, no. Like, books are supposed to remain as they are. You just go ahead, read it, get the information. And in any case, you can just write an essay later on and whatever, right? Hmm. I always felt that there was something missing, especially because I have uh, lived in many different countries and studied in different languages, and there was always something missing for me. So from a student's perspective, I do believe that uh, working on marginalia or margin annotations, which is something that is a little bit different because a marginal annotation is specifically a critical note written on the margin of the text and actually it comes with a purpose. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that on the perspective of a student, this is not only a um, different way to experience the reading, but also sort of essential in a way because you will be building vocabulary, you will be uh, working on uh, critical thinking at the same time. So basically uh, marginalia from the perspective of the student creates a really different experience when it comes to reading. Because in any case, um, with time and uh, as an educator, because originally I graduated as a journalist, and then when I transitioned into education, for me, understanding these different kinds of methodologies uh, made me rethink how um, teachers in so many ways are so wrong, and we have so 
you know, poor habits when it comes to reading and enjoying uh, reading. So um, I do believe that this makes it almost as a conversation between the writer of that text mm-hmm. or book uh, and even to make it into something greater if I am loan this um, this book, if somebody lends the book to me and I read margins on the page, it's not just a conversation between the writer of the text or the book, but also the person who have read it, um, you know, and is lending the book to me. So I think that it even expands the the experience. Um, so yeah, I'm a true fan. And uh, this 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 writes beautifully into what I'm what I was gonna t- what I'm gonna read now because you sent me two very interesting articles. Um, yeah. The article I'm reading from is from the Huff Post. For anyone unaware of who, what the Huff Post is, it's the Huffington Post, which I believe is is an American is it American newspaper. Well, um, uh, no, I think that it's actually uh, from the UK, but okay. it has. It has uh, an American um, uh, sec- uh, section, okay. and please correct me. Those are re- that are listening to us right now. Please correct me if I'm wrong. So yeah, it's from the Huff Post. Um, the article you sent me is from December two thousand seventeen. Uh, De- December two thousand seventeen, and there was a there was a section here which I'm gonna which I'm gonna quote verbatim here, which jumped up to me. Now, every, you know, people who don't know Nelson Mandela, he was imprisoned in South Africa during the, ni- during the 1960s and 70s for opposing apartheid. And while he was imprisoned in South Africa in 1977, a copy of Shakespeare was circulated among the inmates. Mandela wrote his name next to the passage from Julius Caesar that reads, Cowards die many times before their deaths. Now, People probably listening are thinking, yes, yeah, so what? Now, just just to put this into perspective, Mandela was a freedom fighter in his native South Africa, and that he decided to put his name next to this next to this passage from Julius Caesar jumped out to me, and I found it beautiful. I found it amazing. I found it literally like. I was completely mind boggled because, mm-hmm. you know, such a legend of his own time decides to take a pencil or something and to write his name next to this section of a of a famous Shakespeare play is something which, you know, jumped out to me quite a lot. Now, obviously, we won't know what Mandela was thinking, but what, how would you... How would you, as a as a former journalist, how would you te- how would you what would you consider what would you sort of take from this? Well, um, for me, actually, this adds immense value to the reading text because um, some people also call marginal annotations close reading, and uh, this means that it. It makes a connection between the prior knowledge and new learning. Mm-hmm. So it captures a reaction that the prior reader 
uh, was feeling, thinking, analyzing at the moment that he or she uh, was, uh, you know, with this text in his hands or her hands. So for me, this actually makes it uh, something not only important in the sense of expanding my experience as a reader, but also invaluable. Imagine that you get to read, uh, you know, um, marginal annotation from Mandela or the same Julius Caesar's. Because the thing is that marginalia is not something new. Marginalia is not something that it has been done recently. Marginalia is something that it has been done for centuries. Yeah. Um, we can even recall this from uh, the medieval times and a little bit uh, before that. Uh, so marginalia is something that it has evolved with time. And of course, we live in an era that uh, fortunately for most uh, parts of the world, we have access to books and readings and free tools uh, that allow us texts where we can uh, practice not only English, but find good reading. So yeah, definitely marginalia is, uh, or in this case, marginal annotations that is slightly different, um, Definitely beneficial for the reader. Okay, well, you know, like I said, this this passage jumped out at me quite a lot. Yeah. Um, also, in that same article, there was a section about Jack Kerouac, you know, the famous mm -hmm. the famous writer, that he yeah. also annotated. He also annotated or wrote something in the margin of two of two other books, if I remember correctly. And um, you know, as an as a person who believes defacing a book is is you know it's sacrilegious you should never touch a book with a pencil or a pen or with any other thing um, to see that there are people famous people who have done marginalia in the past whether it be Nelson Mandela whether it be Jack Kerouac whether it be teacher Andy herself you know she's very famous by the way dear listeners she's probably seen as the most famous woman in Alicante you can you <laughs> You can uh, you can say yes or no to this at any point, Andy. But you know, for me as a for me as a um, person who believes that books are sacred, type writing in books for me does has no place. Yet, reading that Nelson Mandela and Jack Kerouac were then involved, also did this in the past. You might have just changed my mind about marginalia altogether. Well, there is. I always try to find solutions because there are other people in my classroom that, that kind of like feel like you. So uh, let's meet, you know, halfway. What do I mean with this? The thing is that nowadays there are like many, many things that you can do in order to kind of like practice marginalia or marginal annotations. Uh, for instance, you can use sticky notes or post-it notes. Um, and there are so many uh, beautiful versions of these sticky notes. For instance, right now with an advanced course um, for a speaking course that um, we are analyzing right now a text that it's uh, from a book uh, called Communication in the Real World. And it's by the University of Minnesota Libraries Publishing. 
And it's actually quite interesting because uh, if you go and check out my my uh, my text, it's crazy because I not only use uh, marginalia or marginal annotations, I also use sticky notes, color coding. I also use um, yeah different kinds of pens. So let's make it fun and never think in black and white when it comes to a technique because in the end uh, marginal annotations is a learned skill that it doesn't come it it really doesn't come natural uh, to most students and this is something that you just have to practice what do I mean with this because when we're talking about annotating while we're reading this will help you recognize patterns ask questions along the way, visualize, for instance, key points in the reading, break down, for instance, uh, I don't know, complex texts, like the one that I am working on right now with my advanced group. And, um, you know, it can even inspire you uh, to write quotes while you are at it, if you are an, an advanced reader. And when I say advanced reader, I'm not talking about the language. I would like to point this out because usually uh, people who are good readers in their in their mother tongues, they usually are good readers in the second or third language that they acquire. So that's uh, the thing. So yeah, um, marginalia is actually physical evidence of thinking. It is. It is. And you know, if I go if I go back to prime example in my family, my dad, whenever he sees, a, whenever he was reading something and he found something, whether it be a quote, whether it be something which he, which he found interesting, he would either take his sticky navel and write something on it and then stick it on that pat, on that section of text so that he could then come back to it. He would then, he would either write something on the side of the text so that he could then come back to it later or he would or he would write questions which would then which might lead to maybe him writing you know writing something or picking holes in other people's in other people's ideas my dad by the way was an academic still is an academic he used to be a lecturer at a university in the uk and you know for academics marginalia or marginal annotation is something which comes to them very easily because you know they they it's as you said quite rightly it's thought provoking and it you know and the idea of writing you know when you read something write down what you think about it what your idea what your write a question down that you might think oh that that's come to mind why is it that why is it this or why is it that so you know it is something that um, lots of people can do and now the question will come to you and I'm gonna ask you what tools or what sort of things should I get as a learner to be able to start with marginalia or to start with marginal annotation? What would you, what is like a starter kit for this sort of thing? Yes, um, this is actually quite important because usually when, whenever we wanna you know, start uh, something, we always are a little lost and sometimes discouraged because it looks a little bit intimidating for some. 
but it doesn't happen when it comes to marginalia. Actually, it it you you actually go back to the roots, you know, kind of like when you were a kid. Hmm. Uh, meaning that my first advice would be to have fun with it. Yeah. Me, I uh, not too long ago uh, created a post on my Instagram page that it's called Color Code uh, to build vocabulary, hmm. and it basically means to pick up any highlighter. Um, of your choice and give it uh, a meaning to that color. For example, uh, yellow for um, main, um, main, main ideas, uh, blue, for example, for secondary ideas, uh, then green <clears throat> for uh, some unknown vocabulary and pink for, um, I don't know, still in vocabulary thinking about uh, synonyms that you find interesting that perhaps you usually use in your uh, not active vocabulary file, yeah. memory file, but the passive memory file that we've got of vocabulary. So this is one way that you can do it. And it's as simple as using highlighters. Yeah. Then if you want to, uh, and this is just when you want to highlight those ideas for you to remember, because one of the, um, one of the main points of uh, reading annotations or close reading is to improve um, recalling a text content. Hmm. Um, so basically, it's it's really a comprehensive um, skill that you will be getting. You will be improving your memory, your vocabulary, your understanding of the text. Also, I use at the same time pens that are erasable, erasable pens. Uh, really? I, I so that exists? Them. These I, exist? Do these pens oh exist? Oh my god, you have no idea. I have been like in every color because, um, especially for example, when, when I was in a long time ago when I was working with um, teenagers and in elementary school, but this was like eons ago. <laughs> Um, I used to work with uh, a lot of kids that were with H that they had HDD and uh, uh, under the spectrum and uh, dyslexia. And the thing is that it was really interesting because at the time I was a teacher's assistant and um, I learned so much from this and how to reuse this knowledge into people who are not in the spectrum. It's really interesting when it comes to, uh, you know, like in enhancing your reading experience So <clears throat> and understanding the material because uh, you can just simply take this abominable pen as you would call it or call it or pencil as you would feel it, Tommy, and just you know, write it down and later on, if this is a book that is not yours or you simply uh, would like to go back because maybe you re uh, you reread the text again and you just want to um, make it longer or shorter or what you thought was not it, you just go ahead and erase it. Yeah. There you go. And you are like, hey, why not use a pencil? The thing is that pencils are a little bit messy, so I wouldn't use a pencil. Yeah. So OMG, OMG, you called a pencil messy. Like you know, yeah. for me, yeah. a pen, for me, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there, but you know, because I'm a dad of three kids, you know, and uh, my oldest he's at school, my second he's going to school in September. At the time of recording, this we're in July, 
you know so we're literally less than two months down the road two months down the road and I've got two kids at school I always say to my kids if you write something write with a pencil then you can always rub it out if you have a fountain pen and you start writing with a fountain pen realize that you made a mistake and get the eraser out and then erase it or then rewrite it for me that looks like you you are complete you know you're you know it looks a complete mess and that's just from personal experience when I use the when I use the fountain pen and when I use any pen my fingers end up looking more like they've had more ink on them than the actual cut than the actual pen itself you know so I'm just saying that as a I'm just saying that from a parent's perspective but it's very interesting that you say that a pencil is messy back to that point please just just humor me on this how is a pencil messy when you can erase it it is it is messy because uh, a lot of people and I'm sorry but this is true as an educator who worked many years in elementary I mean people just don't know how to erase and the thing is that it gets messy because um, you can damage the page um, you know the the material of the uh, of the pens uh, of the pencil actually makes it dirty yeah. so because I'm a person who likes to clean to to keep things very neat I rather use um, you know erasable pens yeah they uh, they are designed for this uh, well not specifically um, you know marginal annotations but what I meant is like they're designed for this purpose like just use a pen that is not going to make it a mess and yeah. you, when, when you erase it's going to be clean so yeah use those they're wonderful <laughs> super so you know here we have basically a starter kit you know go back to the roots you know that's your basic mm -hmm. that's the number one step go back to the roots and you know um, you said it quite nicely take yourself up get yourself a pack of highlighters and start you know and, and put in your mind what each highlighter does what each highlighter means and now this is going back you know this is me with a with a father's perspective yet again this reminds me of something that my kid was doing in year one uh, you know last year that he was you know they were getting these these words you know and he was said right okay you have to color the the nouns in certain color you color the verbs in a certain color and you color the prepositions in another color now obviously we don't have to go back we don't have to take it back that far we don't have to make it that simple but if you feel like you are you would like to and this is person and um this is from my perspective at least take a pen and i just like to i'd like to know your opinion on this take different color pens and with different these different color pens highlight the different tenses is it, would that would that also be something that you could do well look the thing is that what is the reason why you're approaching a text hmm. um of course that would be the main um the, the core of the uh, of the of the thing that you have to of that, that you have to think first because um, every time that for example I use a text with my students uh, we do it with a very very clear purpose are we doing this for vocabulary are we going to do this because it's a reading into writing which I'm going to talk about in a second um, is this something that is a reading into speaking what are you uh, doing with the text 
Yeah. If people are working uh, and uh, focused on building vocabulary, that is uh, actually a great idea because uh, I sort of mention it um, in my posts when I was talking about color coding because mm -hmm. it's not about just highlighters. You can just give to each color a meaning as you have a set like for a tense. Uh, or for a verb, for a noun, for an adjective, etc. Yep. In the end, color coding or whatever it is that you decide to implement in your reading experience or when when you are doing marginalia or margin annotations, it has to make sense to you. Yep, exactly. There has to be a, in your mind, there has to be something, something that you are trying to achieve and you quite rightly. But, but I would like to add something to this, you know? You've got to be consistent, mm. meaning that you always have to use the same color, the same system, uh, in order to make it coherent. Yep. Because if for one book you use the color yellow for main ideas, and then for another book you chose another color, mm. uh, Probably you will forget about this if this if you go back to that book as a reference, you know, like in a year or two. Yeah. So be consistent with your system. Um, and this comes from a person who is like the most inconsistent person on earth. And there are certain things that I am really, really, uh, well, I'm going to use the same word, consistent about. Uh, and this is uh, when it comes to my methodologies. Um, when I'm trying to learn or teach something. Mm -hmm. So, um, keep uh, the basic kit. Using highlighters and give it uh, meaning to it, uh, to them. Uh, use uh, erasable pens to uh, create your own marginal uh, annotations, sticky notes or uh, post-it notes. Uh, be consistent with the system that you're using. Yep. And uh, finally, if you like, this is kind of like a, a, an extra, uh, and this is what I what I mentioned that I was going to talk about writing. Sorry, reading into writing. After you've uh, done your reading with your margin annotations, it is always a beautiful idea, especially for English speakers uh, out there. Um, I mean, who's, who are learning the language. If you write an essay, a review, an article using your uh, margin, your marginal annotations, that's gonna be like totally, uh, you know. That's gonna be worried. That's gonna be beautiful, you know. And I've I've done this with I've done that with quite a few of my students myself. I've said, okay, you know, take mm -hmm. a text. We're gonna read it. Make yourself some make yourself some notes, you know, digitally. Digitally, do not, do not be sacrilegious. Do not touch the text itself with a pencil or a pen. Do it digitally, although technically speaking, that is double standards here. Yeah, Mr. Double Standards here, thank you very much. You know? uh, but you know, and then afterwards, I want you to write a short summary of that of said text. And you know, it comes out beautifully because you have a task, you have a, a sense of what you're doing reading into writing and then the question will be because you you already you already touched upon it and i'd like to know how you can go from reading into a speaking oh well um it really depends 
because a lot of our students might be one-to-one -one students uh, or they're studying on their own um, and they might not have anybody to talk to or practice and then we have another reality which are people who are in groups or perhaps a little bit more social or do have a uh, online group where they can share so reading into writing when you are alone no sorry reading into speaking when you're alone the thing is that save that information for uh, whenever you uh, encounter you know like any, another English a speaker, um, somebody in a chat group, um, but you have to be proactive. This is the thing uh, why a lot of people sometimes don't practice that much uh, their speaking because I do understand that, of course, you get a little bit shy. Maybe you're not an introvert. It's just that you don't feel that comfortable yet when it comes to your speaking in English, but forget about that. English is, you know, like, languages not just english uh it's just about communication and communicating effectively yeah. so as long as you communicate that idea as clear as possible with even within your limitations with the language uh people are going to keep up that conversation that's what's important um then along the way if you are you know uh, a person who really wants to perfect their, their their speaking you just go ahead and you know do mental um marks or annotations about like oh next time i shouldn't say it this way or that way but um i don't recommend it because that's really not helpful yeah. okay then what happens when you've got a group well that's that makes the job a lot easier right because then you just go ahead and mention hey guys i've been reading about this yeah and then you just go ahead and uh you can start using um especially because you have analyzes prior having a conversation with uh these other people um and you just go ahead and talk about it you know so I think that th this is uh the whole idea about uh reading into speaking super Andy, we come to the part, we come to the final part of the program. I'm going to draw you a box, a box. You only you can see the box. It's a magic box, and inside the magic box, we'd like you to put your Instagram handle and any other communication ways that we, any ways of communication we can find you. So, how can we find you on social media? Okay, at the moment, I am only on Instagram, and you can find me as andes.english.everyday. And uh, very soon, I will have, I'll, I have been working on a podcast that is going to be, um, yes, just for business English speakers <laughs> or focus on business. So stay tuned because that's coming up. Uh, but I'm not going to say anything yet, but just have that idea and that you can find it very soon in my bio. So um, that's it for now. Super. And this Everyday English and um, that's it. <laughs> Remember the dots. Without the dots, you will not find the right Andy. Now, they're probably... Exactly. exactly. everyday. Super. Dear listeners, this is something different. Something oh, which... Oh, sorry, tell me. Yes. Can I repeat it again? Because I think they said it wrong. 
So you can edit it? Yeah, no? we're, we're not going to edit it. We're not going to edit. We're not going to edit it. We're just going to we'll put the right ha- we will put the right handle in the notes. So go for it. What is the real? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys, because I'm not reading it and I'm I'm doing it. You know, from memory, and I was like, what? <laughs> it's Andy's everyday English, and I was like, no, it's the other way around. <laughs> it's Andy's dot everyday dot English. Remember all the dots. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There you go. Do you see, guys, what happened when you think when you think things too long or too much? You just go ahead and say it. So there you go. <laughs> Super. Dear listeners, we have something here a little different for you. Something which some may consider as wrong, and some people that believe it's correct. Whether you, it doesn't matter which side of the which side you of the divide you're on, this is something that you can take with you to improve your English while you're reading. It's called marginalia or uh, marginal annotation. Any final comments, Andy, before we drop out of here? No, I just would like to thank you for having me. Uh, This is uh, my second time on your podcast and I really love it. So you give me the opportunity to share uh, with other things that I have learned and uh, things that I uh, actually use it on my, you know, like in my daily life. So I would like you guys to do uh, the same. And yeah, try it out. It's really wonderful. Thank you, Andy. And let's not make, let's just put this out there, that this will not be your final episode ever on this podcast. <laughs> you will be coming back very soon. You will be coming back very soon. And with that, dear listeners, you will join me very, very soon for another episode of the English Podcast with Tommy. It's Another goodbye from Andy. Bye, guys. Thank you. And it's another goodbye from me as well. Goodbye now.